This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avô tudo bagaite como assim One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up Night Nation? It is Georgia Tech Week On today's show we recap the FAU game Big blowout down to the uh, southeast of us. Talk a little bit about uniforms, some Timo news, the home and home we turned down with uh, Washington. Do a little preview of that Georgia Tech game. Also a little meanwhile to the west. And as always, money moves, picks, moves, mailbags. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, took a trip south to Boca where they faced FAU as John Rice Plumley cruised into the end zone from seven yards for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to James Reed and Denise for your correct guesses. DM me for details on your $25 gift card to first watch. The Knights were down 14-7 at the end of the first quarter when the offense was sparked by new starting kicker Colton Boomer's 41-yard field goal. The Knights then scored 33 straight points and blew the Owls away. UCF 40, FAU 14. We, I think we beat them like worse than we beat SC State, in my opinion. 653 total yards of offense, which was more than SC State, and it was split pretty even 339 passing 318 rushing like you said FAU started out kind of hot and you know kind of hot what do you well, I thought it was all downhill I mean the last time we saw this team was against Louisville we could do absolutely nothing on offense and then they marched down the field on the first drive and I'm thinking oh god here we go like yeah the whole season could have turned I mean, it sort of already has, but it definitely could have gone way darker yeah, uh, I mean, that, in that first quarter. That was definitely a moment of truth. But, you know, like you said, and I was a little worried too, but I, I mean, I think everyone was, but it looks like the D adjusted and then they just shut them out for three straight quarters and they could not stop us on offense at all. And that game actually was more lopsided than the score. We had three lost turnovers, you know, but all that offense racked up. I mean, spreading the ball around everywhere. JRP another 300 plus passing 100 plus rushing yard game which was also he had he had a better stat line than SC State I mean we just we made them our b-word is what I would say and uh shut that crowd up um down there in Boca well I think too that you know Gus finally went back to what we're known for and that's you know running the the football JRP was brought in you know, not to sling it all over the place. He was brought in to be a running quarterback in this offense. And just like I said last week, we started getting away from that in the Louisville game, right back to it. And, you know, look at what happened. Passing, I thought, was better. Um, you know, I think Gus put JRP in situations that he was able to shine. You know, it, it was some shorter passes. There were some slants, uh, jump balls, the 50-50 balls to Javon Baker. And um, 
Well, that's really, a great play. Not really 50-50 when it's him, though. I mean, he, right. he it's more like a 90-10. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. Yeah, that one they threw to him in like the corner of the end zone was just perfect. And I think JRP could have put it anywhere, and the DB just had no chance. Yeah, and then the run game really get catching a spark. Um, I liked seeing more Johnny Richardson. Uh, our first real look at R.J. Harvey as well. And, um, you know, Brandon Helwig earlier this year told us that he kind of looks like a bowling ball. And I didn't think that, you know, in the uh, some of the high school video that I saw. But then when I saw him on the field, I was like, yeah, he's, he's basically a bowling ball. Hard <laughs> to tackle. It's really a great running back you know, by committee kind of thing that I'm, I'm okay with, you know, I still, I alluded to this last week. There's something off about Bowser, whether he's still recovering from his injury, you know, he just doesn't seem to have the same spark yet um, that we saw in years past. Now it could be a whole bunch of different things. um, but I mean, if, yeah. when you just look at Johnny, if you look at Johnny when he's getting the ball, and you look at RJ Harvey who's getting the ball, you know they kind of pop right when right right when they're getting the the handoff. And I feel like Bowser just he's lost a step this year for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't know what it was, what it is, man. And I I kind of was like, ah, eh, you know, maybe just getting hit behind the line of scrimmage. But I agree, he just doesn't look one hundred percent, is what it is. And you know, that's okay. We've got other people, but. I was definitely happy with the split or the distribution among the three kind of main running backs. RJ Harvey, eight carries, Bowser, 13, Richardson, 11. Like, I think we want to see Bowser, even with Harvey out of the picture, we want to see Bowser and Richardson kind of 50-50, I think. And we hadn't seen that until this week. And then, you know, throw Harvey in the mix. And uh, it's a good distribution among among all those guys. Uh, definitely happy about that. Maybe Gus listens to the pod. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, how about the defense though? You know, like we said before, fourteen points did not look good in the beginning, and then they're just like, yeah, we'll just shut them out. Um, what were your overall thoughts? Who stood out to you? Yeah, I really thought the the feeling that I had, even though we were winning at halftime, I just felt like we were down. Like for whatever reason, it just seemed like they could do anything they wanted. Um, it wasn't great. But- we were sitting there at the sports book watching this. I was in New Orleans at the Harrah's, and uh, I put a substantial amount on UCF, and I also convinced other people on the trip to do the same, and they're like, dude, are you kidding? I'm like, man, I'm telling you, FAU is just – they're on a different tier than us, and I was like, we should blow them out, and then it's halftime, and we definitely had that sentiment, but I don't know. Something just clicked on both sides of the ball in the second half, and uh, you know, it wasn't even close. It had to have been the halftime adjustments by T. Will. It just seemed like, you know, they they couldn't do anything on offense. I think I saw they had zero total yards in the third quarter. The only time they they got kind of close was when you know JRP threw a really bad pick, and um, the guy had a nice tackle like near the goal line. And was that what ho- an incredible was that Holler? I think. It, it could have been what a, what an amazing goal line stand uh, for big. them, and then like <laughs> instead of actually going for it on fourth, like trying to kick a field goal, and I can't remember the last time we blocked a field goal. Can you? <sighs> no, not even close. And uh, yeah, they ha- 
FAU's got to go for it there. You feel? I mean, the they had four chances from the one. I think we knocked them back a little bit, but I mean, that's all the momentum. And and still, and still, I mean, that was really the game. That all the momentum that they had from that interception was just swept in the other direction, and then. It was almost a blowout from that point on. We march it down, score a touchdown, and then they didn't score any. It was punt, 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 and we had field goal touchdown after that, and and that was the difference. But you're right. Up until after that point, um, you know, it, the game felt close. Yeah, I mean, really, everybody stepped up on defense. I just think that, you know, like I said, the football is like a game of chess, and you don't know what's going to happen at the beginning. So. FAU was definitely, you know, had a better game plan for us at uh, the beginning of the game, but it's all about how you finish. And I think the adjustments made, you know, we kind of put them in check. Like I said, I mean, Willie Taggart, loser, big loser energy, losing mentality, losing program. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad we really kept the pedal to the floor in the sec in the uh, fourth quarter too, you know, not taking GRP out to the last drive. I was okay with it. You know, he's still learning the position really uh, in my mind. So like the more experience he's getting, um, especially that last throw, the last touchdown throw to Baker sealed it for me. I'm like, was kind of 50, 50 on the fence about whether I thought they should have kept him in or not. But like, Seeing that throw to Baker and an amazing catch by Baker, like really solidify, like okay, this is why, you know, Gus kept him in, gain yeah. that confidence, gain that experience, and you know, to bring it back home, the big two-hour trip back up north. <laughs> no, um, these are important. For Georgia Tech this week. These are important reps, and you know, Georgia Tech is kind of the last. I don't want to call it a tune-up, like dress rehearsal for what really is the season is the conference, you know. So we've got to get, we've got to get him as many reps as possible. So I'm with you there, and um, you know, yeah, I think we kind of covered everything. Uh, a couple other things too. Uh, only three penalties. So I don't think this has ever happened. Same amount of penalties as turnovers, which is wild. Um, but it was definitely good to see a lot of the sloppiness kind of cleaned up with that. Um, what'd you think about the uniforms with the gold pants? I feel like these were very polarizing, at least on social media. I personally love the look, but I can see why people don't. Um, I'm probably going to give you the same answer I give you every week, which is don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, they looked great. I, I don't, I like the whites, um, it was clean. Right? It was white? Yeah, I, see, it was white. I can't even remember. White jerseys, um, uh, gold pants, and I think it was the night script on the helmets, which I'm also a huge fan of. Yeah, that I like. I don't know. I just, it's not that big a deal to me. Um, what is a big deal to me is Boomer Gus finally, finally, I can't believe I'm saying this, switching up the special teams, Colton Boomer. True freshman, by the way, coming in in his first kick. What a what a what does it say to his confidence there that Gus trusted him with a forty-one yard field goal for his first kick ever, and he freaking drills it. I couldn't believe it, and I was just going nuts. That was probably the best part of the game. <laughs> they like he missed an extra point right after. But if you're gonna you know, miss something, do the there extra was point. something wrong with the snap. If you look. 
something was wrong with the snap because on the very next extra point, the camera went on him and he like kind of smiled and was like talking to, um, you know, Alex Ward and I don't know who the holder is. Um, but I think there was something wrong with the snap and they were kind of all joking. But anyway, he hit, he hit the rest of them after that. Um, I mean, kids a stud, like that's it. You know, yeah, that's the the problem is solved. And sure, he's gonna miss an, he's gonna miss a kick or two here and there. But uh, I mean, kicking is like eighty percent mental. I mean, think about it. Like, there's no way that I could get up there. Like, if there was any pressure whatsoever, Dude, like I'd even whiff. a chip shot. <laughs> even if even if we had the ability to make it, I would freeze up. Like, big. It's yeah. It's not easy, and that's why. That's why I've defended Obarski for so long because I'm like he's obviously he's not trying to miss it. It's just not an easy thing. and uh, But anyway, I'm glad we've got someone good in here. Um, yeah, but 41 yards, and this kid nailed it. Yeah. Kid's a freshman, dude. Well, 40 is actually not that long. I mean, think about long. the cojones we're just, we're just, this guy is walking around with now. Like, Yeah. Big, big, and then miss an extra point energy. after. But anyway. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Um, and then how about, you know, last week I was I was calling for a change at punter. Um, I think Gus know, listens to the pod, dude. He has to, dude. <laughs> he has to. And, and again, freshman Mitch McCarthy coming in. Um, you know, big big ups to Osteen though. I don't, I don't have anything against him. Obviously, punting is pretty hard too. He's um, been good too. Like the difference, the difference between a good punter, a great punter, and an elite punter, you know, is really like ten yards. Like, I'm looking at some of the punting statistics. So, like, the difference between Osteen's career uh, average, 42 yards, and make him the 50th best punter in the nation. If you take Mitch McCarthy's only punt last last uh, week, 46 yards, you're a top 10 punter in the country. Wow. Like, four yards, dude. That's it. And, like, I know, I know it's one punt. Maybe it's the best punt he's ever going to have in his career. I don't know. But just those four it's an upgrade, yards, though. you know, I'm just saying, like, it's an upgrade. I agree. I agree. Uh, Gus definitely listens to the pod. Um, but think oh. about it. Like both of them, true freshmen, so, like kickers and punters don't leave early and they very rarely yeah. transfer if they're starting. Yeah. So, so like we're, we're set small. That's it. Small, we're set for like four or five years. All right. Let move small sample size. We're talking about two field goals and a punt and we've just crowned these guys. <laughs> But hopefully well, everyone wanted to crown JRP Heisman after the South Carolina state game. Yeah. I, I can do this for special teams. Listen, we need hope and hope. Boomer and Mitch, big Mitch dude, six, five, by the way, I don't big think Mitch I've ever seen energy, six, five punter. Um, but Boomer and Mitch, I'm telling you, special teams, we are freaking set. Yeah, and then the only thing that sucks is long snapper Alex Ward definitely going to the NFL after this year. Well, I mean, it's his last year no matter what. I think it's like his eighth year. But um, I'm sure we'll have somebody somebody good filling for him. Um, oh, one other thing from the game. I can't believe we didn't mention this like in the beginning. Dude, the windmill touchdown. Was that like exactly like the Mackenzie Milton one in Memphis? That was so scary, but it was also awesome. It was pretty close. Uh, yeah, definitely a little scary. If that last dude like didn't hit him when he was already upside down, definitely would have landed right on his head. <laughs> um, 
which I didn't like. But yeah, really cool uh, play by him. Just let he, dude. He he has no regard for his own safety and well being out there, which is kind of scary. But what are we gonna do? I, we just got to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? We, our opinion's not gonna change how he conducts himself on the field and gets down early. So we we might as well just embrace it and uh, right. hope for the best. Because um, it's it's definitely again, definitely you know, fun to watch. You're holding your breath every time he drops back. Uh, What's he gonna do? You know. <laughs> At least with Keen, like you knew, okay, he's either gonna throw it away or it'll be like a ten yard pass or something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know, man. I'm on the edge of my seat for, you know, forty eight minutes for these games and it's uh it's definitely fun. Um You got anything else from this game or should we move on? Couple small tidbits. How about Xavier Townsend, man? I'm starting to like this kid. Like six cat had six catches. I like him at like out of the backfield, kind of like in the slot sometimes too. And then him as a punt, uh, punt return. Good ball um, security. Definitely dangerous. So I think of him as like a nice little utility guy, Xavier Townsend. Uh, all right. So what did you think about? Did you think FAU was like playing dirty a little bit? So that's the thing. Uh, I, I mean, I actually watched this game from start to finish, but. It was on one of the smaller screens in the sports book. I didn't have audio, so like I really I really couldn't tell. Like I could see everything that was going on, but with not much detail, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just felt like there was a little bit of extracurricular, you know, after each play, a little pushing, little shoving, little you know They're dude, fi- whoever whoever was on Javon ba- whoever was on Javon Baker was like jawing the whole game. And then after he caught that touchdown Javon didn't even like look at the guy and he just <laughs> walked away. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be like the worst, the worst feeling. No, but you know, one thing too, that I heard from a bunch of fans, I heard, I heard their student section was rowdy and also kind of disrespectful, which is fine. You know, it's, it's all just football, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that the players were chippy too, since I guess a lot of the fans were. Yeah. So, I mean, overall it was a great game. Um, Love to see it it's a nice preview to go to back home where we have a uh, one and two Georgia tech team. Only win is against uh, Western Carolina shit. or something. <laughs> I had it up. Oh yeah. I got it right. Western Carolina. It was there only, it was only 35 17 and they got smoked by Clemson week one. Although actually that game was pretty close. Uh, I think it was like 10-7 at halftime, and then Clemson kind of ran away with it in the fourth quarter. But then they got absolutely manhandled by Ole Miss last week, 42-0. I thought, I mean, there was rumors on social media that Jeff Collins was going to get fired. And if you type his name into Twitter, it's just all really negative stuff with a ton of retweets by Georgia Tech fans. So not looking that good. Maybe we'll help seal the deal for him this week. Um Georgia O'Leary coming out for the coin toss for some of you younger listeners. He was a Georgia tech coach for quite a while before. Um, well, he, he took a better job at Notre Dame and then got fired for lying on his resume. And then UCF, he fell into UCF's lap. Um, it's always funny how stuff like the most random coincidences have to happen for us to get, uh, 
coaches and I don't know, just everything about being a UCF fan is crazy. But he fell into our lap. We got lucky because, I mean, he was supposed to be the coach of a major program. And, you know, he obviously took us from – he took us up a tier or two. Um, so, anyway, long story short, he's doing the coin toss, which I thought is pretty cool by whoever's idea that was. What's the yeah, sp- I mean – What's what's the spread for this one? The spread is UCF – it has been bet up. It opened at eight minus eighteen. Now it's up to minus twenty and a half. Seems like a lot. That's a um, that's a lot for a P five school. I mean, what was yeah. the score last time we played them? Uh, it was forty nine twenty one. Okay, and dang, that was and, on the road too. And I feel like yeah, we're... and we were seven. We were only seven point favorites. Hmm. I don't know. That was a money move pick, by the way. Ah, back when the streak was alive. <laughs> Look, Georgia Tech, offense, terrible. Last four games against FBS schools, going back to last year, they've been outscored 183-10 to 10 in four games. What? Dude, that's bad. <laughs> Dude, All right. so bad. So the last two games of last year, it was against Notre Dame and Georgia, but it was 55 nothing and 45 nothing. And then so f- that makes the numbers skewed a little bit, but well, still. Then, then 42-10 and whatever Mississippi State was. The same quarterback, Jeff Sims. Same quarterback as when we played him in 2020. Um, guys all over the place. Expect some picks. Expect some fumbles. Um, yeah, wh- Georgia Tech, they've won four road games over the last four years combined. So they do catch one. Okay. Just don't be that one. Just don't be that one. Um so, yeah, I don't know. Just fired. They either just fired or they're about to fire Jeff Collins. Yeah, I just talked about that. So, again, uh, interim head coach coming into the bounce house. First I, I don't Saturday think, I don't game. Think he's fi- I don't think he's fired yet. I think we're going to push him over the edge. Okay. Uh, first Saturday game, by the way, which for a lot of fans, not going to lie, this could be your first home game. We just played you know, on Saturday. Home. Oh. Okay, and it's a good it's the FAU sort of home. It's the best kickoff time too, four p.m. Best kickoff time. Well, three thirty is, but four Same still thing. good. Anyway, um, yeah, for a lot of fans, this could be their first game, uh, just because of work or yeah. you know, the way things are scheduled. Um, yep. So but yeah, I, I hope I I unfortunately am not going up. Be there. Be loud. Don't hug anyone though. Um, <laughs> no hugging, no hugging, no, no hugs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's much left to say. It should be a blowout, but you know, we have to treat every game like it's exactly the same. Cause you know, it's UCF. We, we never know. Um, but like I said, last, uh, non-conference game before we start, what is the real regular season? And, uh, definitely feeling confident after this last week, we really, really needed that a game like that, um, to kind of get the fan base and the team rejuvenated after that Louisville game, which we really just shot ourselves in the foot there, but whatever it's over. I mean, it sucks. Um, I honestly, I think the way that the conference is lining up, we could be looking at that Louisville game, sort of how we look at the 2014 season where we got, where we let one get away from us. 13. You mean South Carolina? 13. And South Carolina and that being our only loss, I'm still kind of out there with that. You know, FAU, uh, 
you know, now that we have a third game in the sample size, you're kind of seeing that maybe that Louisville game was was the outlier. Yeah, and again, two two dumb penalties that I don't even think were penalties, and we win that game easy. And you know, the missed field goal. You know, I think that game has a different outcome if we play it. Uh, if we played it again, but and think if we football. if we had won, if we had ended up winning the Louisville game, all of the narratives are still in play. Yeah, and we'd probably be ranked you know? at this point too, or like just because we were we were six away. We were six and others receiving votes. It was like we were number 31 after just one week, SC State. And then obviously we dropped off losing to Louisville. But we win that game against a decent P5 opponent and win the FAU game. And we're, we're probably inching into the top 25. But, oh, well, that's football. We're at least going to have a decent chance at every other game. You know, it, make sure and follow me on Twitter at UCF to um, – Every every week, I send out a projected betting line of where I think we're racked and stacked against each team, and what the betting line is going to be for that week. And they're pretty it's updated they're always, every week, and they're always pretty dang close too. And it really gives you a good indicator of where we're situated compared to the rest of the opponents. So yeah, follow him. But yeah, if it's not close, then that's where opportunity strikes um, sometimes. But anyway, uh, so this week, you know, the line's 20 and a half. There's a couple of other games throughout the year that are going to be really close to pick them, you know, minus one, minus two, somewhere around there. SMU, Cincy, probably. And, you know, SMU is a good team. Cincy's a good team. Tulane's a good team. I, I feel like the the top half of the conference is pretty strong. The bottom half, which we still play the bottom three teams navy temple and usf all pretty weak um so you know we've got some we've got some wins we're we may or may not have some close games i don't know it it all just depends but the goal remains the same conference championship and the new year's six bowl is still intact i think we'll see it could be close but yeah you're right i mean Tulane's actually the only undefeated team left in the conference. Not that the out-of-conference really matters that much. I think it's like the fourth tiebreaker to decide conference championship. But, you know, you're right. I think the top the top four teams are pretty close, and then after that it's a big drop-off. But, again, I mean, I feel like USF's definitely going to play us hard. We just saw they played the Gators hard. I, I don't think the Gators are that good, but I think they're a lot better team than USF. And, I mean – USF just blew that game and uh, well the Gators kind of blew it too and I actually I'd bet on UF man if UF had covered I had a a parlay 500 to pay out 3,000 and a couple other people in our bachelor party group did it too and we were going to get a a luxury suite at the Saints game on Sunday but the third leg was UF it did not hit Um, but anyway once the spread for UF was out of play I found myself actually rooting for USF just because UF's kind of more of a current rival than us. Like, we're on a tier above USF as a program right now, and UF's still talking shit after the bowl game. And I kind of want their demise more than I want USF's demise because USF's already demised, if that's a word. Um, but I think it, end up, it ended up being the best possible outcome because UF got absolutely embarrassed at home, and USF still lost. Well, the... Uh... The reckoning is coming this weekend into Hypeltown, I think. 
But uh, anyway, yeah, what what a stunning game that was. I had that up on the other, the other TV. I couldn't believe it, man. And I said this in the preview show, that USF was just god-awful, but they were going to catch somebody sleeping. And, yeah, you were you right. Know, UF was sleeping. That offense for USF is so bad. So bad. But... You know, they have a couple playmakers. Brian Batiste, same dude that ran all over us the last year and the year before. I mean, he's still a good running back. And, you know, they their quarterback's trying to figure out who he is, too, just like JRP. And, you know, they, they might get better as the season goes on. But you just knew, and I said this in the text group, like when USF got the ball the last drive, I'm like, just how are they going to screw it up? Like, you know they're going to screw it up because this is just – their whole program is just a giant screw-up. <laughs> and sure enough, it's like running the ball with no timeouts and 20 seconds left, uh, hiking the ball 10 yards over the guy's head, uh, bumbling the, fumbling the snap on the kick, which I don't understand how this dude – so, like, the snap came for the field goal. The ball was, like, horizontal. He somehow like still made contact, and I don't know how, but it still made it almost to like it almost went in. I know. I couldn't believe it. It would have been the weirdest thing ever, like kicking a field goal with a horizontal ball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever, man. The guy probably only was just, USF. The guy, the kicker, probably saw it lined up bad and was just like, "All right, well, my only chance is I just got to drill this thing." Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, both teams played so awful. That was one of those games where it's like no one deserved to win. Just sloppiness, turnovers, everything. But you couldn't help but just sit there and watch it and laugh and, and be happy that we're not fans of those schools. Um, But yeah, besides, I mean, and that was an upset. There were really no upsets this week after kind of a crazy week the week before. Um, let's Let's do picks, right? All right, guys, now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. Yet another one-in-one week last week. Big win with Texas A&M, although not as big as I thought it was going to be. Game was over awful. Miami. Awful. And fell asleep at halftime. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, loss was Nebraska against Oklahoma. Woof. Where was all that Dylan Gabriel uh, when he was at UCF? I mean, a freaking like 65-yard run. Never. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not even close. I'm either really – so so far this year, <laughs> one of them has been really right and one of them has been really wrong like every week. But you don't want to like pick which one to do. Just – Ride with the moo. Ride with the moo. Season total stands at three and three. First, we're going to talk about the UCF game. I cannot pick UCF this week. My power ranks say that the line should be 25. Now, if you were somehow lucky enough to uh, follow me and see that my line was 25, and when the game opened, it was minus 18. Now, I always say that if it's at least a touchdown worth of value, I would put my uh, stamp of approval on it. However, didn't get it at 18. It only stayed there for, uh, I mean, minutes maybe. Um, I thought it was kind of high, but anyway, 20 and a half it is. So it's too close to put my stamp of approval on it. 
But of course, if you're willing and ready, go ahead and and throw some on UCF this week. Two picks. I'm both of those. Yeah. (laughs) Two picks this week. Kind of a little bit of off the radar first one, but feel pretty confident. We're going to take UMass plus 10, the Minutemen at Temple. Both offenses are horrible. Horrible. Please don't even watch the game. It's going to be boring as hell. Both teams averaging less than 14 points a game. What I don't understand is the total 43 and a half. Both of these teams can't score at all. What's their defense look like, though? It doesn't matter. They they just can't score. And UMass, UMass hasn't been good for ever. You know, but when a total is that small, um, not as small as the Rutgers Iowa this week, but I just couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> What's that one like? Twenty, thirty-three. <laughs> UMass plus ten. When when you have two low-scoring offenses like this, take you never want to take a double-digit favorite. So I'm taking the double-digit dog away. It would just be cool to say that I put money on UMass and won. Moomass. Uh, Call him Moomass. So, taking UMass, the Minutemen, plus 10 at Temple. I like it. And uh, great justification, too. I'm sold. All right, what's the second one, which is going to be the inevitable loser? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just the based off history. One, we're going with Tennessee Volunteers, minus 10 and a half oh, against all day. Florida. Look all at Florida. Day. Can give up 28 to USF at home. What is Hypel going to do to them in a road game? This, I believe, their first first road game, right? Yeah. They played, yeah, Utah, Kentucky, all at home. Ouch. Anthony Richardson still has not thrown a touchdown pass huh. for this season. Riddle me that one. Four picks. That's not good, right? <laughs> This is the most Tennessee has been favored by in this rivalry in almost four decades. Oh, I thought you were going to say four years. I'm like, you're really hyping no. up a very Dude, small Florida time frame. Owns, Florida owns Tennessee. But Not like, anymore. For whatever reason, I just I don't feel amazing about this pick, but I just can't see Florida first road game. Tennessee's hot. You know the place is going to be uh sold out tennessee is like so desperate for a good season like they think hypel is the messiah and i I just think they're gonna bring it this week he's been good hypel ain't letting off the gas either there will not be a backdoor cover no i just you know florida it's mostly running um and and tennessee just they pass the eye test for me at least you know, their only big win was against Pitt. They look good in the other, you know, they look good in all the games. Dude, I bet Do I them... think they're an elite team? No, but can they beat a Florida team that just barely squeaked by USF, lost to Kentucky, beat Utah in the final play? Like, this team could easily be 0-3, and this would be an 18-20 to 20 point spread. Uh, yeah, so take Tennessee and the fighting Hyples. <laughs> minus 10 and a half against Florida. I would love to see someone do like a um 
like a like a, a like a graphic or a drawing of like the fighting Irish with like the fist pump little leprechaun guy, but instead is like a little little chunky little hypo, <laughs> the fighting hypos. Um, now I'm I'm with you there, dude. I bet on man. My college football betting this weekend was on point, so I had the the sweets parlay, which is LSU money line easy. Well, not easy, but they won. UCF to cover easy, and then UF that didn't hit. I also had an early parlay, Georgia Oklahoma smoked that one, um, and then I had Tennessee money line pretty big too. Which, or sorry, I had the Tennessee spread pretty big, which I think was like forty seven and a half, and uh, they still covered it pretty easy, sixty three to six. So, just saying, but I, I really like I I really like both these bets. You're due to go two and zero. Yeah, I like them. So, what what were the two again? We're taking UMass plus ten at Temple, and Tennessee minus ten and a half versus Florida. Let's get that money. I think that was the best one, and I haven't said that in a while. One other thing, I was trying to look up Heisman odds when you were talking about Dylan Gabriel and. Bovada has an interesting uh, college football special bet. Next coach to permanently leave their position, Jeff Scott, USF coach, plus 250. Uh, Jeff Collins, plus 400. That's the Georgia Tech coach. I kind of like that. I don't know. Uh, the Louisville coach is 12 to 1, actually. But I don't know. Just a little Wait, bit. say that again? Next coach to like get fired or leave their position. Jeff Scott, South Florida, plus 250. Jeff Collins, Georgia Tech, plus 400. Really, Jeff Scott, the most... I know, I don't... Dude, I think it's Jeff... They've put up with him for this long. I know. I, Who and, are they going to get? Are they going to call Urban Meyer? And they almost beat UF. I mean, I don't know. I like the Jeff Collins here. Jimbo Fisher's actually 5-1. to one. Nothing like a moral victory to save your job. Hey, at this point... <laughs> That's the best they can get, <laughs> but for real. Um, hey, you know they sh- put the know. plaque on the wall. We almost beat UF. <laughs> oh, and they they could say the same for U- UCF last year too. So pretty much almost state champs. Uh, all right. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag. We'll answer everyone's questions from Twitter. Thank you for your submissions. If you have a second right now. Give us a little rating on iTunes as you're listening. You know, just pop up the thing, hit the little stars, whatever you want, do it, um, and leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Okay. Got to find the tweet. <clears throat> do I go first or you go first normally? I can't remember. I think you do. All right. <clears throat> first up, we've got Blake Blayhut, former Marching Knight. Thanks for your question. He asks, Plumlee came within one yard of tying Vic Penn's quarterback rushing yards per game record, which is 122, last week against FAU. Do you think he will break that record this season? If so, against who? Uh, yeah, I think it's an all-but-done deal, and it's going to happen in the home game against Temple. Good Mark it down. Or Navy. Uh, yeah, one I of the see Navy. One Navy's of the two. defenses. It's it, it's a bad ma- man. It's it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Good question. Yeah, one twenty-two. I think he he's yet to have one of those like sixty, seventy-yard ones that I feel like I've seen a million times of him at Ole Miss. 
even though it was probably only like two or three. There was a one one clip, <laughs> just limited, over and over. Limited tape. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my prediction. Yeah, absolutely. I I think he's you know he's obviously a dangerous running threat, and I think his confidence is building in you know figuring out who he is. And you can't try and be Tom Brady when you're not Tom Brady. But if you want to be Lamar Jackson, be Lamar Jackson. And that's what he can do. I I agree 100%. Is that good? Is that a good analogy? That's a, I don't know. You don't have to be Tom Just Brady. Just be who you are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's who he is. He's, I mean, yeah, that, that's who he is, you know. He, he's a good running quarterback that can improve in his pass game. That's what Lamar did every year at college en route to winning that Heisman. So I'm with you. All right, Moo, what do you got next? Next, we got Retro Night Time Machine. Can UCF negotiate supplemental money in Big 12 to aid in the travel cost? West Virginia is on top of revenue in Big 12, yet near bottom in profit due to travel cost. All right, so loaded question here, because one, I don't even know how that stuff works. Um, How much could it cost to travel? I mean, we're going to get an extra, I don't know exactly the payouts, but it's got to be an extra 20, 30 million bucks. I mean... Just because the flight's longer, it can't, you know, maybe an extra 50000 per per charter flight. You know what I'm saying? Like, how much extra could it cost? The hotels are going to be probably close to the same, even though it's in a different location. It doesn't matter how far you are from Orlando. Oh, it's because of the other sports. All right, we're, like, figuring this out as we're talking. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, we're going to have so much extra revenue, I don't think it matters. Like, if your flight, you know, the flights are 400 for the row team each instead of 200 then whatever. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't think we're equipped to answer that question, but it would be nice. Uh, Moo, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, you have to think about the other sports, especially when you're Terry, like dude, just everything like baseball, softball, like women's softball. That's like 30 something game season. Same that baseball is a 30, 40, Right? 30, 40 game season? Yeah, but they play three game series, so it's, you know. But still, it's yeah. it's it's a lot of cost, also a lot of revenue. Um, but yeah, I mean, that all had to be factored in, and I don't think we would have went to the Big 12 if it didn't make sense for us financially. Yeah, I think we'll be all right. All right, next question is from Jonathan Little, fellow 239 Knight. With George O'Leary doing the coin toss and mixed opinions from fans, how do you feel about his legacy at UCF? I mean, I think the the guy under him who won the first watch gift card last week, D-Rob, says put us on the college football map. I'm pretty sure he's right. Like, dude, nobody really knew us before. I mean, yeah, oh, Dante Culpepper. Like, that's about it, but... Honestly, after the 2007 season with the conference title, went to the Liberty Bowl, played against Mississippi State. Pushed for the first indoor practice facility in the state, too, which was huge. And also pushed for the stadium. Yeah. I mean, the stadium almost didn't happen, right? I mean, how long were they talking about this, you know, with the cost and, you know, was it big enough? I'm not sure. All steel. You know, one, one thing that I've noticed, though, is like, you know, we we could have waited, but like the the numbers that USF are, are talking about are like like in the like third to half a billions. I think it's like three hundred million. They're like ours is only like forty or sixty million. The cost of waiting, like with inflation and just 
cost of stuff going up is just far greater. Like, just build the dang thing. And then because of the stadium, it brings in so much more revenue. So he pushed for that. I mean, yes, there's been some controversy, but, uh, you know, he was a controversial guy when we hired him. You know, lied on his resume, which is really dumb. He lied about having, like, a master's degree and didn't. And his defense, which I totally think could work, is, like, he just kept updating his resume, and it was something he lied about to get, like, a GA job when he was young. Just never took it off his resume. I don't know. That's something I could totally see myself doing. I mean, come on. Who doesn't pad their resume? Let's be real. Like, Moo, you you stock beer shelves, and you're like, oh, like, I do all this work. No, I'm kidding. But (laughs) let's be real. (laughs) Everyone fibs on their resume to make it sound like they're doing way more important stuff than they are. That's just what you do. Um, you know, lying about a degree, maybe a little more, but long story short, he was a controversial guy when we hired him, you know, so he wasn't going to go without controversy, but the good out by far outweighs the bad. And I, I mean, he, he really, really took us to another echelon as a program. All right. This next question is from Tony feuds, best place to tailgate with a child. Hmm, not sure if you were the right one to answer this question or not. Chuck E. Cheese? I, dude, I don't know. I'm going to defer back to you. I mean, you have a kid. So obviously I've been thinking about this lately, and um, I've always said, like, you know, when I get a little older or whatever and I have kids, that the place to be, I think, definitely not anywhere near Memory Mall. Depends on how young your kids are, I mean. If they're a little older, I could see maybe, like, possibly going to Memory Mall. But I really like the area around – there's a bunch of grassy areas around um, the Visual Arts Building and, like, the Honors College and Garage A. You know, it's a little farther away from the stadium. But if you don't have a parking pass, that garage is free. VAB lot is free as well. Um So actually the visual arts building lot is really cool because there's places to, you know, back your truck or car up and you have grass right there. So it's like a normal, you know, tailgate spot and completely free and way less crowded. You know, there's room for the kids to run around and all that. Still a nice vibe. Um, But yeah, that's that would be my pick. Yeah, everywhere else is just like mayhem. I, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I've got nothing to add. Uh, <laughs> or if, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have like an E6 or softball lot. You that's know, what I was there's enough space. There's enough space to like, no one's like really crowding around you. So Whether you have but a if you're looking for something free, fine, yeah. yeah, if you're looking for something free or, you know, you're not a season ticket holder, you're just going to like one or two games, definitely check out the uh, VAB lot. They do have like a little shuttle too that um, if you don't want to walk all the way. I don't really know the ins yeah. and outs of that, but I know they have one. So just uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll try and I, I'll like uh, I'm gonna quote tweet that. Actually, I'll do it right now, and we'll get inputs from other. Um, there you go. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. So we've got like a live action. All right, next question from Ryan Shield eighty two. Not the Ryan Shields that we went to college with, but another one probably equally as cool. Um, will we start to see larger and larger doses of Harvey at running back? He looked good in limited action last week and seems to have excellent vision. I like his potential and wonder what others think of him considering how loaded the backfield is. Great question. 
Well, I mean, the backfield's loaded, but I don't think Gus is um, shy about a rotation. And, and it seemed to work, you know, fresh legs in there. Uh, I liked the way R.J. Harvey played in the game. I think that he was kind of frustrated the first few games not getting a chance to get in. You look back to last year, he was basically the front runner of being the starter. And then, you know, after he got hurt, um, Bowser kind of stepped in. You know, Bowser was supposed to be second or maybe even third string running back um, last year. But because of injuries and everything, like he had his time to shine. And now it seems like Harvey is the one that um, has the pop along with Richardson. And, you know, there is still room for Bowser in the uh, – I'm not writing him off because, you know, we saw what he did last year. Um, I like the wild Bowser. I, I think he runs that very well. And um, Yeah, when you just need – like, he's like a guaranteed – like Two yards. Two yards. Guaranteed. <laughs> but yeah, I think – I don't know. I hope he keep you know, we saw that last season. He was great in the beginning of the season. Something was off when he came back from the injury, and then, you know, obviously the UF game, he was just an absolute monster. So we're hoping we can get back to that. But as of now, we've kind of got a three-headed monster in the backfield. I'm not mad about it. Keep them all fresh. They've all got, you know, their strengths and weaknesses. And uh, we're in a good spot overall as a team, man. I, I feel I, – I really feel confident about this group. So, Dude, speaking of three-headed monster, I just remember, like, playing Memphis back in, like, 2017, 2018 – how the hell was Tony Pollard and Daryl Henderson in the same backfield and like still couldn't beat us? Like these are like basically two starting NFL running backs. Mike like, Norvell, very good. Man. Mike Norvell, and they had that Who other the guy other... too. Uh, uh, not Tristan Payton. Uh, Patrick Taylor. Yeah, it is, and Patrick Taylor honestly was better than Pollard. Yeah, I don't... like Pollard was the third best one on the team, and he's like. Basically, he could be Pollard could be a starting running back on twenty NFL teams, but just because he's behind Zeke, I like, think he's better than Zeke. That's insane. I I just I don't understand how. Yeah, I don't. Know. I mean, they did. They ran all over us. Mike but Norvell, just, just <laughs> not quite enough. Was better or our offense was better. Oh, anyway, good times. Is uh... Daryl Henderson down the sideline? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> nah, good for him. He had like 200 yards in the first half of that conference championship game. Still lost. <laughs> and a passing touchdown. And a passing touchdown. Terrible. That game, man. Those are good times. Those are good times. Uh, All right, I'm not doing Danny's question. Boxers or briefs? Uh, boxer briefs, <laughs> dude. All right, this next question is from James Garrett. Can I get a high five and a hug? Uh, I think no, that is not directed towards you. <laughs> no, no hugs allowed. Um, all right, last one, big time listener Vince. With Terry turning down a home and home with Washington, what do you think is the typical non-conference schedule he's trying to build now that we're in the Big Twelve? Do you think he's looking forward to that flight to Idaho next year? I am. referencing our game at Boise next year. I definitely am. Look, you got to trust the athletic director at some point. Would I like to play Washington? Yeah. But there's probably more to this, um, which I, you know, we don't know all the ins and outs and stuff behind the scenes. But, you know, at the same time, 
we don't necessarily need major out-of-conference opponents anymore now that we're in the Big 12. I kind of like having some cupcakes. And, you know, he said he'd rather have the two-for-one with Florida than the home-and-home with Washington. I mean, I kind of want to play Florida in the swamp and want them to come to the bounce house more than I want to play Washington. Yeah, like all, I, I couldn't agree more. All of, like all other stuff aside, two for one, home and home, whatever. Like, just think about that. Would you rather go to Washington or Gainesville? Would you have, rather have Washington in the bounce house or UF in the bounce house? I mean, it's a no brainer. And going back to you know the first thing I said, we just got to trust the man. Let the man do his job, you know, and. I think at the end of the day, we don't need like major P5 road games anymore once we're in the Big 12. We've got eight yeah. of them in conference. So, and, you know, and the that's Bama the other model. Thing too. That's the other thing, too. Once we're in the Power 5, once we're in the Big 12, we're just going to schedule two cupcakes a year just like every other Power 5 team does. It happens. The Eastern Washingtons, the Idahos, the Louisiana, FAU. You know, Monroe's. And yeah, it, we'll do home and home. Like what FAU. it is. And the whole Washington thing, like, he he knows more than every one of us on Twitter combined. Agreed. Right? It's his job. So like, Our job is not. Maybe what? Maybe Washington is. May, did he actually turn down the home and home? Or, I like, so. was that a possibility? Yeah, I think because he's, I think what he's if Washington gets into the Big 12? Then and, what? It's and, like you do all this paperwork and shit, and, and then yeah, it and, just gets canceled anyway because it's a conference game. And people are saying that might be part of the reason. So how about this? Stay tuned. It doesn't matter now. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing is, like, people are upset on Twitter. Not everybody, but some. It's like Terry doesn't care. He doesn't care about, you know, individual people on Twitter. He probably doesn't care about what Twitter thinks. Like, Terry's going to do what's best for the school monetarily um, for the most part. And football-wise. Because uh, that's what runs everything. And football-wise. Yeah, and, and football-wise too. I'm sure, you know, he had to have uh, he had to have talks with, with, you know, President Cartwright. And, and Gus too. Gus is in on this. And Gus, like, sure. You know, they're all sitting down saying, hey, like heading into the Big 12, what's going to benefit us the most? And I don't think a you know an out of conference P five with a six hour flight home and home is the best thing. Once we're in a conference where all our games are P five, like that's a difficult, a way more difficult schedule. There's gonna be no more Temple tune up. There's gonna be no more, um, you know, the the bottom feeder teams and yeah, the the rest of the games they're all gonna be really hard. So like we need easier, closer games in the beginning. And yeah. I mean the tune up will be. Old three and O Kansas. How about that? Yeah, Kansas three and O. But yeah, I mean, dude, even the worst Big Twelve team is still like pretty that's good. What I'm saying that's why, dude, Bama. Their game versus Texas, I think, was like their first out of conference away game versus a P five or something like that in like 15 years. Because they don't have to. You run the table in the conference, you make the playoff. At the end of the day, we don't need more hard games. And UF is a different because it's within the state washington's far and we don't need it and it's not i think the only other reason why i wanted a cool home and home is like oh never been to washington oh that'd be cool that's oh, yeah me too know, never been to georgia tech well guess what we're going to big 12 so like every every uh college town or city that they're in like most people haven't been to to see a college game exactly with ucf we don't need new opponents anymore we've got like 10 of them in our conference 
All right, I think we covered this. Let's wrap Done up. Deal. See Herm Edwards fired on the field. That was quite awkward. Not gonna lie, dude. But so- dude, I mean, they freaking lost to Eastern Michigan <laughs> as a twenty-one point favorite at home. This is a P five school with a very, very large uh, student population. Pretty close. It's got to be top five, top six. Right, yeah, they're uh, they're Somewhere like up there. They're like, and like how UCF could you be parentally West. bad? They're like UCF West, and it's Herm Edwards too. And I think he was given a pretty big contract. But you know, I saw this on Twitter, and then I saw this was like the worst firing since I forget. It was some small school, but they actually fired their coach during the game. Um, so that, but that's the only thing worse than getting fired. I mean, there's a video of him getting fired on the field, and. uh that sucks, but I don't Dude, know. That's bad. Like your job isn't even done. Like, yeah. what's the equivalent of that? Like, you get fired at McDonald's like midway through the sandwich. You're, you're or, a like co- subway. No, you're a cop, mid- and like you get like mid traffic <laughs> stop. Like, hey man, you're out of here. We'll take over. Good <laughs> lord. <laughs> it sucks because like, you know, let the man address his team after the game. Oh uh, yeah, maybe they actually did him a favor. <laughs> What do you say? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, what you say. we'll get him next week. No, it's yeah, I over. think they did him a favor actually. But you know, maybe twenty-one wait. point favorite at home. Maybe wait till the tunnel. Just wait till the tunnel. So it's like not. Um... And it's e- freaking Eastern Michigan going to Arizona. I mean, this is like this is like Boise coming to. Like if Boise sucked and came to UCF and we were twenty-one point favorites and they won, it's horrible. Yeah, there's really no no excuse, but again, just don't do it like where there's cameras. I don't know. Anyway, uh, got anything else? Let's wrap this up. Everybody go to the game Saturday. I'm sure there will be lots of live tweeting from you. Not so much me. I try typically try to stay off Twitter during the game. I do like a little halftime. That's where the hottest takes know, are, man. Halftime hot take. I feel like I had a good one this week. Uh just basically said that I felt like we were losing and we need to rally, bring it home because it's freaking FAU hey, and they actually listened. They so listened. They listened. Well, halftime speech. Maybe I'll start a new uh, tradition. Moose halftime pep talk. Yeah. Rally the Hopefully troops. we won't need it because so, we'll be up so much at half. Um, but also, I don't want people to leave at halftime. Yeah, I agree. Uh, go to the game. Be loud. Be proud. No hugs. But... You know, listen to security. I don't know. Um, Anyway, thanks for listening. Tell a friend, subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure to follow either of us, both of us, on Twitter. You have to, If you haven't entered the first watch, first score contest yet, all you have to do is guess the first UCF touchdown score with the yardage. And if you are the closest or you hit it right on the dot, you will win. A $25 gift card to First Watch. A couple weeks ago, we had five people win, and every one of them got a gift card. Uh, could run out if we keep doing that, but <laughs> hopefully it's no more Bowser two-yard runs <laughs> for the first touchdown. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's something fun, cool to uh, do with your friends. If you don't have Twitter. I think everyone I has Twitter. How else would they know about the show? Get one just for this. 
well, you didn't have Twitter, I don't think, or like barely used it until we started the podcast. I think I made you get one. Yeah, I don't know. You can send like a self-addressed stamped envelope with your pick or something. We'll 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 figure it out. Or just get Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or just get Twitter. I don't know. I'm right. trying to make it fair for everybody if they don't want one, but just I don't know. Uh, send us a Facebook message. Paul Mueller, yeah. Sean Barrett. Email. We're easy to find. Uh, but yeah, good call. Enter the first watch. Man, they've got great food. Um, Fall seasonal menu now available. Yeah, so the I uh, just I was just there. Had the caramel crunch cinnamon roll, which is like just pastry explosion, and then uh, the butternut squash bisque. I think their fall menu, and they've got all these seasonal menus, but the fall one has some of the best food. Uh, so definitely support our our sponsor. But it's actually just great food regardless. And fellow UCF Knights, Devonte Brown and Ryan O'Keefe. Both sponsored by First Watch. Big yeah. fans of the show. What well, and and the CEO's a, a knight too. That's kind of how this started. But Chris, Chris is a great dude. Um, all right, let's wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening. Go to the game. Be loud. Gunnets. Charge on.
West Virginia is on top. West Virginia is in to- on top of. <laughs> Dude, I can't do it. West Virginia is in the top half of revenue for the Big 12. Yet, <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. I, say this. West Virginia is on top of revenue in Big 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. West Virginia is on top of revenue in Big 12, yet near bottom in profit due to travel costs. 